0: One of the things that I enjoy about gold is that you don't really rely on some sort of structure or institution to tell you whether it has value. Our dollars are Federal Reserve notes, which means that if something were to happen to the confidence in the dollar, our dollars would suddenly not buy what they do today. And that seems to be happening with inflation right now.
1: I'm Kevin Atride and I'm on a mission to help you with investing secrets, empowering you to succeed financially changing your financial perspective, and growing your wealth in good times and in bad. And when the next crisis comes, those prepared to weather the storm will achieve great success, while the world melts with fear. Investing Secrets
0: with Kevin Atride.
1: Today, I'm here with Kevin Oreck, a dear friend who works at McElvaney ICA, and he's an expert on all things precious metals. I've known Kevin for a while, and the first time I talked with him, I was blown away at his expertise, but also his level of trust and his character, that he is someone that you can turn to in times when you are uncertain or unfamiliar. So Kevin, welcome to today's episode.
0: Just so thankful you could join us. You know, thank you. I appreciate you, Kevin. I remember when we first met, and what I realized was your heart uh, just... Was for people, and uh, you were directing people to me, saying, "Hey, Kev, I, I need you to talk to this person because and tell them what you told me." <laughs> and so I appreciate you. I, I see you working tirelessly as a father and a husband, but also as someone who really uh, uh, wants to get the message out and help people. Uh, so thank you for asking me to talk today. Well,
1: well, thank you, Kev. So, so tell me just a little bit about you, and, and just a brief snippet about
0: you uh, and your organization and your expertise. Sure. You know, the I've done this thirty-five years now with McIlvaney Company, and I realize I could probably condense what drives me down to just simply the search for truth in its purest form, whatever that is, uh, whether it's scriptural, whether it's biblical, whether it's uh social, whether it's uh, monetary, I think what you find is truth is not that complicated. Truth is invisible to people unless you put a, a story around it, but they recognize it. Those who are searching for truth recognize it. And you know, gold is something that I honestly, I just sensed when I was a kid uh, was something that I, I should pursue. So uh, I came to work back in 1987 for a man named Don McIlvaney. His son, uh, David McIlvaney, now runs the company. And I've spoken with thousands of clients and uh, I just pinch myself that I get to do this for a living because really, all, all that I do is people send me worthless cash or someday to be worthless cash and I send them gold and I get paid to do it. Today's episode has been made possible by our presenting sponsors, Living Wealth, Bank on Yourself with Private Family Financing, Norada Real Estate Investments, your premier source for nationwide turnkey investment properties. And Lighthouse Wealth, your trusted light for practical guidance to experience financial freedom.
1: So let's, let's jump in. Today, I'm interested in gaining your perspective on what are practical tips, actionable things that our audience can focus on, whether they're trying to improve their finances, whether they're trying to build wealth, in times of great challenge economic challenge what should they be doing
0: great question and what i found kev these days is we have very limited time to have an audience with anyone and so i'm finding that instead of getting off track go straight for the most important points. And the way I present what people should be doing to start with is just simply, it's a strategy that's been around for thousands of years. Uh, It can be found in uh, the 13th chapter of Genesis, chapter two, as talking about how Abraham managed his own money. And there really are only three things that you need to do ever with money. One is to preserve some of it so that you have some for the future. One is to try to make it grow and then the other is to have something that you can spend, you know, short-term, if you have to repair the roof or or buy a new car or what have you. So I see this in the form of a triangle, and generally what I would ask my the person that I'm talking to to do is just grab a pad and a pen and draw a triangle. The base of the triangle you're very familiar with uh, is preservation. And... Uh, what I what I share when I talk to people about this is that preservation can be found, I, I use gold for preservation, and uh, 365 loaves of bread is what an ounce of gold is worth today. You know, a loaf of bread is five or six dollars a loaf, and an ounce of gold is a couple of thousand dollars, and that, that can change. It, it, you know, If bread gets to be more expensive, we'll have to re-record, but what you'll find is an ounce of gold will, throughout history, always buy a loaf of bread. And I'll tell a quick story before I move to the other two sides. When my daughter got married, I had had a one ounce coin, a 1908 $20 gold piece with me. Uh, I really had carried it since before she was born in my flight bag. This coin back in 1908, would, if it was given to my great grandparents on the day they were getting married about that time, it would have purchased 365 loaves of bread per ounce because bread was six cents a loaf and this coin was $20. So you could take a $20 bill or a one ounce coin and you could buy a year's worth of bread. Now, I'm handing this coin to my new son-in-law saying, all right, now bread's $5, 5 or $6. It's about a hundred times more than it was when this coin was minted, but this coin is several thousand dollars. So it's about a hundred times more. And the, the bottom line is this, throughout history, even going back to Abraham's time, an ounce of gold buys about the same amount of bread. But that $20 bill that that ounce of gold was worth a hundred years ago, you know, it buys what? Four loaves of bread, maybe three to four loaves of bread, maybe. And so that's, that's the base of the triangle. That's preservation. That's what I do. Now, the left side of the triangle uh, is the managed money side. You know, in Abraham's time, Genesis 13, 2 says, now Abram was very rich in livestock in silver and in gold. Now the livestock would have been like what we call stocks and bonds these days. Most of us don't have sheep and cattle and camels, but that's how Abraham grew his wealth. The right side of the triangle was silver. That's his spending money. And then the gold was how he preserved and actually moved with his wealth. You couldn't always move with livestock. Uh, you know, we see throughout, throughout history that wells are being filled by the Philistines and things like that, so you couldn't always count on your livestock. But you could always count on your gold. Tell us about the day to day cash flow
1: um, that could be represented as silver.
0: You know, thousands of years ago, silver was what uh, people used as what we would use today, US dollars. So it is appropriate, even with this high inflationary environment, to keep some money in cash. Because let's face it, you're not going to go down to the store with a silver coin. Uh, they'll be happy to take it because it looks just like a quarter or a dime. But if it's from before 1964, it's worth you know 20 times that amount. So uh, you you know you want to hold that silver in a different way. So we can talk about the base and how silver plays into the base of the preservation side, but the cash side, that would be keeping money in a strong bank, not just one, uh, never exceeding $250,000 in that bank because, of course, the FDIC doesn't insure beyond $250,000. And honestly, in today's inflationary environment, you know, if you factor in, let's say, for every $100,000 that a person has in the bank, if they leave it there and they're earning very little interest, they're losing seven to fifteen thousand dollars worth of buying power depending on how you measure inflation so you want to be careful on that right side of the triangle right now not to be too cash uh, rich because actually you're becoming poor quickly with inflation let's continue to get practical
1: what are some additional things that that you um, you're telling your clients what are practical things people need to be doing?
0: Sure, and why don't we just now that we've established the triangle as a model, why don't we just move through the sides? Okay, so we talked about the cash side, not having too much. Let me just add one one thing to that right side of the triangle as far as how to think about it. Uh, if we were to have some sort of crisis where the banks were closed, or a cyber attack, or you know any, anything that would affect our ability to electronically move information, and that, that's a very real possibility these days. You want to have in an envelope cash in the form of 20 and $50 bills. Uh, you don't have to have much. You know, I've got banker friends. I've got one man who told me, he says, you know, Kevin, in a crisis, $100 goes an awful long way because most people won't have cash. He says, usually the system will be started again quickly. I usually tell people have about a month to two months worth of living expenses not, not going out to eat expenses but I'm talking about just basic basic bills have that in cash so that's the right side of the triangle now I'm going to move to the left side of the triangle which is the money management side because most people who have a 401k or a 403b or IRAs or what have you all of those types of things hold stocks and bonds And even if a person says, well, I I don't really hold stocks and bonds, I hold mutual funds, or I hold indexes, or this or that, bottom line is those are still affected by the stock and bond market. Now, the the way we look at that market right now, and always, actually, I have to say for the last 35 years, this has been a very, very good indicator, we just simply look at how much are you paying for a stock over the earnings of the company. It's called the price earnings ratio, and it's a real easy way to see if you're overpaying or underpaying for the stock market. There are times that you can get stocks that are, you know, maybe 14, 15 years worth of earnings. That's on average where the stock market is the healthiest. But if it gets over 20 years of earnings, and I'll give you an example. Let's say that uh, I had a hot dog stand and you wanted to buy part of it, okay? Or you called me and wanted to buy all of it. And you say, hey Kev, what would you sell me the hot dog stand for? The first thing you'd probably want to know other than the price before that would be how much am I earning? Am I earning any money? And if I'm earning money, and let's say I've got this hot dog stand somewhere in New York on the corner and I'm earning 100000 bucks a year. okay? Well, if I'm earning $100,000 a year, then if I sell it to you for $500,000, that's five years of earnings. okay? If it's a million, it's 10 years of earnings. One and a half million, 15. If I'm earning $100,000 a year, that tells you how long you need to hold that hot dog stand to break even with earnings. Now, here's the key. When the stock market has gotten above 20 or 25 times earnings, which my first year in the business was uh, 1987, that happened. And strangely enough, I mean, even though things looked good, Reagan was in office. It looked like the Soviet Union was crumbling. The economy was booming, actually. The stock market still fell in October of 1987 at a quicker pace than it had uh, going back to 1929. Shocking people, but they lost a third to 40% of their overall assets just in a matter of days. Now, we've had a couple of other crashes since then, the 2000 tech stock bubble when it popped, and then the 2008 global financial crisis. And when you go back, you can always see that people were paying more than 20, sometimes more than 30, and at times even more than 40 times the earnings of the companies. Well, you don't want to buy a company that uh, will take you 40 years of earnings to break even on. So that's the left side of the triangle. The stocks and then bonds are just simply loaning people money. That always makes sense if you think you're going to get paid back enough interest to beat inflation. So the left side of the triangle, stocks and bonds, if you're earning interest that beats inflation, and you know that there's a very low chance of default, bonds are not a bad thing to own. That takes us finally to the base of the triangle, and I'm sure we can talk about details on the gold and the silver. That's honestly more my area of specialty than the other two sides.
1: So, Kevin, tell us more about your specialty, the gold and the silver. What are practical things that people need to do, especially when we live in
0: challenging times like today? Well, one of the things that I enjoy about gold is that you don't really rely on some sort of structure or institution to tell you whether it has value or not. Uh, You know, our Federal Reserve notes are exactly that. Our dollars are Federal Reserve notes, which means that if something were to happen to the confidence in the dollar our dollars would suddenly not buy what they do today. And that seems to be happening with inflation right now. Gold carries with it, its value everywhere it goes. And this is why, you know, I've got a friend who's a retired general fought in uh, a number of wars uh, in the Middle East he, with the air force, special forces, helicopter pilot. But those pilots, he told me, most of them never flew without a little bit of gold in their belt. And he even brought, we went to lunch and he brought the gold that he used to fly with when he, when he was behind enemy lines. Now, why is that? Well, if a pilot gets shot down anywhere, but in their own country, what else are you going to use? Nobody's going to care. In fact, it might be a death warrant if you are carrying dollars and try to trade dollars behind enemy lines, but gold, you really, I could drop you off Kev anywhere in the world, uh, and you would have the ability to trade gold. And you know the interesting thing too is, uh, you know, my daughter she grew up watching Doctor Who, the TARDIS, the time machine. You know, um, but you not only can be dropped anywhere in the world, but you could be dropped anywhere in history at any time. We could hit the random history button, and that gold would buy the equivalent of about 365 loaves of bread per ounce. So here's the practical here's the practical way to approach this the first thing you do is you buy some small barterable gold and silver coins to have at home. And uh, that's something that you you know obviously can store. If you have a place that you can hide it in the house, great. If you have a safe, you can do that. Uh, that would be the first line of defense. But not everybody feels comfortable having all of their gold and silver at home so you know you can use a bank safe deposit box and I'm often asked is that safe and my answer is this nothing is completely safe so what you do is you spread your risk out you have some at home you have some in a bank safe deposit box and then for investors that have larger amounts of gold and silver obviously we put it into storage or if if a person has an IRA that they want to have in gold and silver which by the way, that's something that your listeners can do. Uh, that would be stored in a, in a commercial depository. Uh, with You want to make sure that you have access to it at any time. Kevin, that's very helpful. Guide us to some of the practical
1: elements on gold versus silver or any other precious metal.
0: Well, there's a time, you know, for everything, there's a season. And uh, for gold, gold is an all-season investment. Silver, on the other hand, is different silver is something that there are times when it takes 80 ounces of silver to buy an ounce of gold that's when silver's really cheap there are other times when it only takes 40 ounces to buy an ounce of gold that's when silver's expensive okay and so what we do is we look at it and we say okay well is silver if you can get 70 or 80 ounces of silver for an ounce of gold, you should have some. But all you have to do is take the price of an ounce of gold, look it up on you know any spot price website, and divide it by the price of silver. The math is that simple. And you see how many ounces of silver does it take to buy an ounce of gold, or vice versa, gold for silver. Um, what we do, and especially in an IRA, this works out really well, Let's say you have uh, two-thirds gold, one-third silver, and you bought your silver at 70 ounces to one. If silver outperforms gold for a period of time, and it goes to 40 or 30 ounces of silver to an ounce of gold, guess what you get to do? Without a tax consequence, you just simply switch the silver into twice as much gold as you could have had to start with, and you wait. And invariably, the silver will fall back down to 60, 70, 80 ounces of silver to an ounce of gold, and you can then swap back into twice as much silver. It's really over time it, with patience, you know, over a decade, you can do that a couple of times. And that that doubles or compounds your ounces in a way you can't do if you're just, you know, holding it in one form and not trading it. Okay, Kevin, let's go a little bit deeper.
1: With the caveat that we're not asking about individual advice, every investor's situation is different. I want you to provide some guidance for successful investors. What you're telling your clients in today's economic turmoil,
0: inflation, everything, what is your guidance to your clients, to your investors? When we say, okay, we can take a reasonable amount of risk, depending on our age, especially, but a reasonable amount of risk on the left side. So what one of the practical things a person can do is invest in... In times of turmoil,
1: guidance from successful investors and the wealthy is critical for your success. Subscribe to our premium content to ensure you are well equipped for the growing crisis. Before we go any further, why don't you tell us how people can get a hold of you?
0: You can use my direct line, 970-385-3125, or you can email me at kevinorick at There's a VIP treatment those who come to us through Kevin Atry. Before you
1: go, there are more secret investing tips coming that are quite powerful to help you build your wealth. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything from our seasoned experts. If you want a VIP introduction to our experts, click on the link below. In addition, make sure you listen to our past episodes so that you don't miss out on a single secret. If you're ready, it's time for you to experience financial freedom.
0: The information contained in this episode are opinions not to be used as individual guidance. As always, consult your own financial team for your investment decisions.